following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at ConnectionChurchNC.com. Good morning, Connection Church. How are you guys doing? Good? Hey, um, man, God does answer prayer. You do know that, right? Pastor Bradley got up here and said that we only hire good-looking people at Connection Church. Made me thankful that I helped start this church so I wasn't having to be hired. So, whew, on that one, uh, I'm working on all of those things. But, hey, um, man, we're going to talk about prayer over the next six weeks. We're going to be talking about God, and we're going to be talking about all of this stuff this morning. Um, and listen, I'm just going to start by saying this. I believe that our prayer lives can go up. Thank you. I believe that our prayer lives can improve. I believe that we, us, as a church, I believe we can pray, as we've said, more bold prayers, more specific prayers. I don't know if I want to even say this because it's not about how long we pray. But I just want to know, and I want you to know, that over these next six weeks, guys, we're going to be diving into this Circle Maker series, and I truly believe that God's going to do some amazing things. This morning, we're going to be talking about God, and, and, and we're going to be talking about the reason I think many of us struggle with our prayer life, is because we just really don't understand or grasp or really have a clarity of who God is. It's almost like we've got a mistaken identity going on here when it comes to us and God. I don't know if you've ever had uh, someone mistake you for someone else. I have. Um, I have like this universal face. I've had people mistake me. If I have any Duke basketball player fans or, yeah, some Duke fans, old school Duke fans, you remember a guy by the name of Cherokee Parks. They say he was one of the best looking Duke basketball players ever. But I had a lady in the Burger King in High Point once come up to me and ask me for my autograph because she thought I was Cherokee Parks. That's what it was. She mistaken me for Cherokee Parks. But I have mistaken people for who I thought they were. And you guys have heard my story. Um, I have a good friend of mine who has a, uh, his wife sort of looks like my sister. And one time I walked up to her thinking it was my sister and smacked her right on the bottom, smacked her right on the bottom. And, man, mistaken identity will get you in trouble. I have even, um, one time doing this video shoot out on the property, I mistaken uh, a microphone cord for a spider. Take a look at what happened next. Oh, man. Seriously, I've watched that thing a hundred times, and it still makes me laugh every time. But, but I believe that that's how it is with God. You know, we think that, I don't know what we think about God, but it's, it, it causes our prayer life to suffer. It really does. And so we're going to unpack that over the next six weeks. And this morning especially, we're going to unpack just who it is we're praying to. And, and, and I truly believe our staff, 
has been praying for several months for this series. I truly believe that this series on prayer is going to be a catalyst that changes your life. We truly believe that. We truly believe that it is going to be a catalyst that changes the life of this church. Like our church is going to be known for its bold prayers to God. You see, that's why we are pushing so hard for our connection points, our small groups. And listen, we don't get paid more if more people join those connection points. That is not for our resume to look better. It is not a tweet. It is not a Facebook stat. It is simply for you to get more out of what we're doing here on Sunday morning. If you're here simply for one hour over these next six weeks for this Circle Maker series, you're going to miss out on so many things that God is going to be doing through this series. Did you know that yesterday at lunchtime we circled up on the corner of Smith and Green Street in downtown High Point? We circled up and prayed over that community right before and right after we served several hundred people lunch. You see, those are the type of things that are going to be taking place during this series. And if this hour is all that you're involved in, oh, this is going to be fun. But if this is the only hour you're getting during the week, guys, you're going to be missing out on so much. You see, I truly believe not only is this series going to change your life and the life of this church, but I truly believe that this series can change the life of our community. I mean, why else are we doing this? Small group leaders, I know that there are some of you in this room today. And I know that there are some people that are in small groups. And so at this time, I'd like for you to take your connection card out. Because there's going to be some things that I'm pointing out here this morning that I'm going to want you to specifically talk about tonight. Because I know some small groups meet tonight and throughout this week. And so if you have your connection card and a pen, if you don't, take time right now to get one of those. Because there are going to be a couple of talking points that we're going to need to cover And the first one is this, we have to understand it is imperative, listen, it is imperative that we understand who it is that we are talking to. We have to understand who it is and who it is not that we are talking to when we pray. There's a quote getting ready to come on the screen that I need small group leaders to write down, and here it comes. Our perception of prayer changes when we have a healthy perspective of who God is. Our perception of prayer. Because listen, here at this church, I like to brag about this is I like to brag and I say it all the time, is we're all in this together. From over here to over here, hey, we don't have it all together. 
If any of you have ever seen the movie The Bad News Bears, that's us. We don't have it together. And so if you have it together, I need to meet with you so you can help me get it together. And what I know is true, because the first service echoed this by raising a couple of hands this morning, is our perception of prayer, man, it's just not that good. I guarantee you, there were some people in this very service right here a few minutes ago when Pastor Bradley said something about a six-week series on prayer. Oh, you may not have done it out loud, but in your heart and your mind you went, oh, six weeks on prayer? Six weeks. Did he say six weeks? You see, our perception of prayer changes when we have a healthy perspective of who God is. I'm going to use a term, probably the rest of my ministry, and it's the term church people. And it is not a derogatory term. It is not a negative term. It is not meant to be a hurtful term. Church people are those people who have been going to church for the majority of their life. I am a church person. Do I have any other church people in here? Yeah, it's okay to be a church person. I still think that God is so good that you can be a church person and love His Son, Jesus. Okay? So I'm a church person, and if you're a church person, you need to listen very carefully for the next 10 or 15 minutes. Because what I'm getting ready to say is to you specifically, church people. Because what we've been doing is church for so long that God, well, He's just another one of the guys, man. Right? I mean, that's just God. Oh, you know God? Yeah, God. Yeah. You see, we've been doing church and the things that come with church Hey, some of us have probably maybe even been talking to him so much that he's just become God. And we've lost perspective of who God really is. I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. I love the Red Sox. And and a few years ago, dear Lord, help the Yankees fan. A few years ago, I was in Boston for a couple of games and um, had the privilege of eating dinner with a friend of my dad's who just happened to be David Wells. At the time, David Wells was pitching for the Red Sox. We were at a steakhouse, and it was just David Wells, myself, and my dad. And I want to tell you something. In Boston, during baseball season especially, with David Wells, man, it was an awesome place to be. Like, sitting at that restaurant... I literally felt very important. I did. Not that I was anybody, but I was sitting with David Wells Boomer, right? And, 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 and man, it just felt like a special time. I wonder how many of us feel that way when we go to God in prayer. Because do you realize who you're talking to? 
There's a couple of things that I want to hit on here that you and small groups are going to be hitting on. And the first one is this, is that when we go to God in prayer, we're going to, the God, to God in prayer. We're going to the God who created you. We're going to the God who created everything. We're going to the God who said, and it happened. You take a look at Genesis chapter 1, small group, and you look at the number of times in six days God said, and it happened. You take a look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, and it says that God looked at all that he had created. And he said that he was well pleased and it was very good. Listen, there's a couple of scriptures in Isaiah that I want to read to you. So if you have a Bible, if you're on your phone, go to Isaiah chapter 40. Hey, church, don't miss this because we've calloused over this. And this has just become, oh, ho-hum scripture. Listen to Isaiah 40, verse 12. Hey, the God that we prayed to this morning, the God that we're sitting in the midst of right now through His Holy Spirit, like we're not here gathering for ourselves Church, God is here. This is the God that is here. It says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket? Or weighed the mountains on the scales? And the hills in a balance. Who has understood the mind of the Lord or instructed him as his counselor? Verse 14 says, Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Skip over to verse 25. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens who created all these. He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. You're praying to the God who created everything. It's God is creator. Second thing is God is perfect. I love that. God is holy. You know, we just closed the Joshua series. And in that whole four-week series, there's no way that we could have covered all of the powerful scriptures there in Joshua. And in Joshua chapter 5, probably one of the most profound stories that we didn't even touch on. In Joshua chapter 5, Joshua encounters God's presence. There in Joshua chapter 5, 
Verse 15, listen to this. It says, the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, Joshua, for the place you are standing is what? For the place that you are standing is holy, and Joshua did so. Small group leaders, this is a talking point for your small group this week. I would love for the discussion to take place of why do you think that place was holy? Now, yeah, there may have been something special about that place. Sure. But I believe that that place was special and holy and perfect because God's presence was there. And that commander of the Lord's army said, Joshua, take off your sandals because the place you are standing in God's presence is holy. Hey, church, what's that say about this place? Uh, this, this isn't a converted cafeteria to a worship space. This is the place where God's presence is dwelling right now. This church is a holy place. This isn't a place where we stop for just a few minutes in our hectic weekend and hope to see some good friends and hope to be entertained, hope to get it checked off our to-do list, but this is the place where God's Holy Spirit is dwelling now. God's presence is here. And if I can get that previous slide up that talks about our perception of prayer changes when we have a healthy perspective of who God is. Listen, our perception of prayer has to change when we understand that we are talking to a holy God who is and will always be perfect. It will change your perception of prayer today at lunch, I promise. Good food, good meat, good Lord, let's eat. We'll cease when you have a healthy perception and perspective of who God is. Listen, parents. I've been checked on this one this week. My perception of bedtime with my children is not a hurry up, generic prayer so my kids can get in the bed and I can go relax. But I am ushering my children to bed in the presence of of a perfect God. Hey, husbands and wives, that time that you spend together in prayer, you're spending that time in prayer together in the presence of a holy and perfect God. Man, that'll change your perception of prayer. I hear it in church. I hear it with my friends. I hear it with acquaintances. Scott, one of the biggest struggles in a relationship with God is because 
they've had a destructive relationship with their earthly father. And they can't relate to a loving heavenly father because how their dad treated them or raised them or even didn't raise them. You see, God is perfect. God is creator. But God is not your earthly father. He is not going to leave you. He does not care how you perform. Listen, that was one of mine. I was so wrapped up in how my family, my parents, was concerned of my performance. They weren't concerned. I just thought they were. And so I thought to myself, surely God is concerned with my performance. God is not your earthly father. He is not a drunk. He is not an abuser. He is not a liar. He is not a cheater. He is never going to leave you nor forsake you. God is not your earthly father. God is also not mad at you. Let me repeat that. Because I know in this church, there are people sitting here today who do not pray to a holy, perfect, creating God because they feel like that they have performed so badly and they have sinned so much that God is angry and that He's out to get them. And so why in the world would I even try to pray to God? God is not mad at you. I've said this many times. If God wanted to get you, what would he do? He'd get you. He's good at it, I bet you. I, I don't know, he's never gotten me. Thank you, God. But he can get you. Scott, what about my sin? What about, my, what about all that stuff? Listen, I think in the church for so long, we've been concerned with the sins of everybody. I mean, we get jacked up and riled up about some Fox News. What about the sins of this world? This world is going to hell in a handbasket. How about this, church? How about if we forget and quit worrying about the sins of everyone else and let's just worry about our sins? Sound good? I bet you if we start taking care of ours one by one. So let's talk about our sin. Scott, sin has to be punished. Sin has to be dealt with. And you're exactly right. Isaiah chapter 53, 5 tells us what God did with sin. Isaiah 53, 5 says this. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. 
You ready? And the punishment, the punishment that brought me peace was upon Jesus. Sin has been dealt with so that you and I can live in the freedom that God intended for us to live in. And so for those of you who have been using the excuse that there's no way God would want to speak to someone like me, you see, he took care of that. His wrath and the punishment, he took care of that through his son Jesus so that every single one of you can have a relationship with God. And I truly believe this, is that when we have that kind of perspective of God, it changes everything. God's not mad at you. In fact, just the opposite. I'm not going to spend much time on this point this morning because you're going to spend a lot of time on this point at your small group this week. You see, just the opposite. God's not mad at you. I believe that God is truly, deeply in love with you. Small group leaders, 1 John chapter 4. I want you to read this scripture, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. It talks about God's love. And if you go down to the 16th verse in 1 John 4, it says these three words. Just the opposite of him being mad. It says God is love. Have you ever tried to talk to someone who is angry? Man, that's no fun. Man, I'm going to tell you something. It is pure joy talking to someone that you know loves you. That's why Pastor Bradley, I don't know where he is now. He's probably running from me. I love him and I hugged him this morning and I just want to hug him. Listen, you can revoke my man card. I will hug you. Because I want you to know that I do love you. I may not know your name, but if you're a part of this family, I love you. And if I, human, earthly flesh, can love, you have no idea. Listen, you may think you are the furthest in this room from God. And you may rightly be so this morning, but you have no idea how much God loves you. You see, we're praying to a God who loves us. Second point I need you to write down is this. Our prayers change from small and vague to bold and powerful when we believe they are going beyond the ceiling and into the presence of God. Show of hands. 
How many of you in this room have prayed and you felt like they did not get beyond the ceiling tiles? Go ahead, raise your hand. Yeah, we're all in this together, guys. I just sometimes, I will do something. Listen, do not judge me. I I sin. And I will feel like, well, God doesn't want to listen to me. My prayers surely aren't going above my ceiling. But our prayers change. Listen, church, our prayer life as a church is getting ready to change. For some of us in this room, our prayer lives are getting ready to start. And they're going to go from small or non-existent and vague to bold and powerful because the God that I just briefly described is listening to what you are saying. I don't know what your perception of prayer is. Most of you probably could have written this sermon much better than I. But I know what some of our perception of prayer is. I mean, some of us in this room, we just think prayer is a wish, don't we? That's what some of us feel like prayer is. Like when we blow out the birthday candles, poof, we think that's a prayer. On a bike, I don't know. What do you wish for? You can't tell anybody because then what? It won't come true. I still haven't figured that one out. A wishbone. Thanksgiving's coming up. I go to my in-laws. They get the wishbone out, and I will fight you for that wishbone. Break it off. Hey, I will throw a temper tantrum. Shooting stars. Hey, we'll throw a wish out there on a shooting star, won't we? Hey, God created that star. You read it in Isaiah. Got to mean something. Nope. Listen, wishes don't get answered, but prayers do. So I don't know what you need to start praying for. I don't know who you need to start praying for. I don't know what you need to start praying. But we're praying to a God who's listening and who cares for you. Prayer's not a ritual. Oh. Feel so ritual. Yeah, what time do I need to pray, Scott? Just tell me what time I need to pray and I'll mark it off. Listen, I don't like my iOS 7 calendar on my iPhone, but I'll set it if I can figure it out and I'll pray. Just tell me when I need to pray. It's not a ritual. You see, there's not a rehearsed saying, there's not a direction that you need to pray towards. There's not a certain place, a certain time, or a certain thing that you need or must pray. You see, God is not looking for a routine to be performed in His name. He is looking for a relationship to be perfected through His Son, Jesus Christ. Prayer is not a routine. Prayer is not also stressful and burdensome. I didn't get much participation with this one in the rooms. I'm not even going to ask in this service, but, hey, man, I know (laughs) that it's stressful and burdensome to many of you in this room. 
Scott, I just don't know what to pray. Scott, I just don't feel like I have time to pray. Scott, I just don't know if God's answering my prayer. I don't know if he's hearing me. And I'm so stressed out. I got all this stuff I need to pray for. Listen, if you're sitting here this morning and you think that prayer is stressful or burdensome, I'm getting ready to alleviate all of the stress that you will ever have in your prayer life from this day forward. Are you ready? It's in Scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. It says, God knows what you need before you ever ask Him. God knows what you need before you ever ask Him. You guys ever walk down the hall at your school? You ever walking into Walmart? And you're like walking in the parking lot and you actually you trip a little bit like that and first thing you do is you look around to see who saw it, right? Man, I'm going to tell you, it's a good feeling when you look around and there's nobody that saw that. Right, you can return back to being cool, right? You just walk on. That's how it is with God. That's how it is with your prayer life. We're not children of God who are called to be under stress and burden when He wants to talk to us. I love the way the Apostle Paul puts it. In Romans 8.26, he says this, He said that the Holy Spirit, He says the Holy Spirit helps us when we don't know what we ought to pray. The Holy Spirit Himself intercedes for us. God, I don't know what to pray. You pray this. Holy Spirit, I don't know what to pray. But your word says that you do. Amen. He's got this. You know why he's got this? Because the God that we're praying to is at the end of all of this. He's at the end of all of this. See, prayer is not all of those things, but prayer is simply communicating with a real God who loves you. And when we can have this perspective and perception about prayer, they go from small wishes to bold And powerful. I cannot wait. Not to see how God answers your prayers in the upcoming weeks and months and years. No. I just can't wait to hear about some of the bold prayers that are being prayed here through you.
just going to ask you to bow your heads. Hey, Scott. This God that you speak of this morning that loves me and that cares for me. Scott, I don't even have a relationship with Him. But Scott, I want a relationship with Him. If that's you here this morning, we have communication cards sitting all around you. And there's a little box on that little card that says, I want to know more about Christ. I'm going to ask you just to check it. I want your name on it. Because I want to talk to you. And I want to start this journey together. Because I've been praying for you. I don't know who you are, but you've already been prayed for. And I know that this is just the first day of many to come that you're going to see and you're going to sense God doing things in your life like you never have before. Church, over these next 35 days, listen, this is my challenge. We're going to pray like we mean it. And church, we're going to pray We're going to pray like we know that God is listening.